Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politics. What, what are we doing? Uh, we're going to talk about North Korea's uh, strategy deal with the coronavirus. Uh, uh, what virus? The, the coronavirus. <laughs> Church of Planned Parenthood. Oh. Church of Planned Wait a second. Oh, wait, wait, explain that one. Okay, this is going to be interesting. Well, gender show. battle goes to the Supreme Court. Oh, yes. Gender lynching? Yeah. <laughs> gender lynching? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Hey, y'all, we got a good lynching. show for you. We got Tim Mahoney. I think I'm offended. Director <laughs> of the Red Sea Miracles Part 1 and Part 2. And I got a great secret that you guys don't even know about. Oh, really? Oh, I like secrets. This is how he does it. it. Nate Wilson is coming to our conference in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, man. Fight October 1st through the 3rd. <laughs> what was that? Don't you mess with Texas. That's my new favorite clip. That's it. Nate Wilson's coming? Nate Wilson. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Try to spell the, that. The N.D. Wilson? N.D. Wilson. We got him. He committed to me. At the Fight Life Feast? I got a text from him saying, I'm there. If it's in text, no way. it's yes. in stone. It's in writing. Oh, okay. I have it in it's writing. It's in blood. You know, we got Nate. So that that makes, we still got a couple more okay. secrets that okay. we're going to reveal. Yeah, but that makes just, Pastor Doug Wilson, okay. Pastor George Grant. Yep. Can Ooh. I get Can I get Stinger? Uh, Rod Martin. That's right. <laughs> What else you want? Come on, I got some. I got CEO Futurist Rod Martin. Okay. We got Four. um uh, oh. Nate Wilson. Don't Toby you Sumter. mess with Texas. Right. Uh, uh, Toby Sumter. And then all a lot of the guys, pretty much all the guys from the network are going, trying their best to make it. Yeah. And, okay. we're, and, we're, and we're planning to do like a big round table live like, show. Fight, at laugh, the end. feast, yep. extravaganza. With, with all the guys on the network. Like with the network. Yeah. That's going to be crazy. And That's it's going to be like. Yeah, Dad. fighting and a party. laughing and feasting and yeah. a big table with yep. mics uh, that's, and that's, beer. I'm not even ready and for that. Beer. One. So, hey, uh, and so conference registration is live. Wait, wait. I'm working on our club members the discount thing. There's a, there's a kink in the technology. I'll work out, but but those <laughs> wait, who are not those who are exactly. that works for everything, doesn't it? <laughs> We're doing great. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> I mean, it just works for everything. That's good. So you can go and register now. Seating's limited. Can I have one of those? Seating's <laughs> limited. <laughs> you can go. If you aren't a club member, you can register now. But okay. if you're a club member or you can join, you can get $100 off if you become a yeah. club member. I'll send you a, I'll send you a, a code. It's $100 off per adult registration. You're losing money if you don't become a club like, member. Basically. It's crazy. If you don't come to the conference, you're losing money. Mm. Exactly. And all new club members get this Fight, Laugh, Feast t-shirt. That's the only way to get it. It's not in our show. It's not on our show. It's not our show. It's in our show. It's not on our in our shop. Let me crack myself. Yeah. Oh, this is great. And then uh you get a shirt if you sign up new members. Yeah, get a new shirt. And become a club member, y'all. We're we're really thankful for all the club members. We've had some club members with us for three years now. Wow, you so guys are three amazing. Years. Thank you. You know what? And this is before we had y'all. a club portal. This is before we had a coffee mug. This is before we had. You we know, had nothing. We yeah, had some, nothing. Yeah, some of these people, they just, man, they, it's just nothing but faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, we are really grateful to introduce you to a brand new sponsor, Cross Politic. Logo, brand new? Lo, lo, Every year they come back about this time. Oh, yeah. Brand new in 2020. Uh-huh. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> it all began. <laughs> it all began in 1981. The setting was a little town in North Idaho with an essay written by Dorothy Sayers. Ten years later, one of the school's founding fathers, Douglas Wilson, wrote a book called Recovering the Lost Tools of Learning to introduce Logos School 
to the world. Mm. You have like rising music to play right uh, now? No. This book ignited a spark that spread like wildfire. Classical Christian education. Since 2013, Logos Online School has grown to a staff of 20 dedicated full-time and part-time teachers. Students are joining us from across the U.S. and around the world, bringing the best of homeschool, private school, and Christ-centered classical education right into your home. You are... Right, Logos here. Online School exists to support parents in the biblical responsibility they have to train up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Yes. To this end, they provide Christ-centered, computer-based, classical education Ooh. for grades 7 through 12 yeah. that is convenient, affordable, and accredited. Registration is open now for the 2020-2021 school year. Go to LogosOnlineSchool.com. That's LogosOnlineSchool.com. This is... The, lo- the online school that's grown out of the brick and mortar Logos School, yeah. yeah, started by Douglas Wilson in 1981. So if you can't get to Moscow, you can still, but you can get Moscow get to Logos online. You can get Moscow to come to you, come to that's you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LogosOnlineSchool.com. All right, guys, I need to bring you in and give you an update on what's going on with Hunger Games. It is time to oh. walk away oh, really? from the this, politics of the it, past. This is getting real. Hunger Games. Totally different. People totally are lining different. up for food. That's a good thing. I'm a hugger. I'm a kisser. And I'm a little bit of a, a sniffer. Raising <laughs> the minimum wage does not hurt business. It grows business. Liar, liar. I'm proud of you guys. I am Spartacus. So you're arguably the candidate with the greatest advantage in this race. You've been the vice president. You weren't burdened down by the impeachment trials. So don't bring that up in the participation. (laughs) So how do you explain the performance in Iowa? And why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? She's a plan. It's a good question. Number one, I was a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a line dog face pony soldier. You said you were, but you're. you're <laughs> Can he do that? You're, you're a line dog face pony soldier. Can like, you do that? What in the world? You're a line dog face pony soldier. <laughs> You can do that. That's another, okay. that's another stinger. Wait, what is that? But, well, I don't know, but you know what though? I gotta, I gotta give it to Joe. I felt like she was a plant. Oh, really? I felt like she was a plant. Really? That found that's you, still you, too you, rehearsed. You think she was from the Sanders campaign? <laughs> she was from somewhere. She's from the Buttigieg. Yeah, yeah. Pinko Pete was like, "Hey, go in there hey, and ask yeah, me I about somebody." To, yeah, yeah. No, nah, she was a plant. You're lying. Wait, dog, dog face, face pony soldier. You're a lying dog face pony soldier. Hmm. Uh, I, I, so uh, Uncle I, Uncle Joe, man, man, I feel so bad for Uncle Joe because he had a chance to to run for president, and all his gaffing life has now come concentrated I, into this last did, year. Did we talk about the the one with like he's talking about the kids that want to like, like? Yes, we did. Touch they, his, they brought leg, it up. his leg yeah. hair yeah. on the. Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. Not we do we that. should do we should put like spice a segment together of all the guests that Joe did last the, year. Joe yeah. hasn't changed though, has he? This no. has been Joe Biden forever, no. right? Joe has been if you go back and track Joe Biden, remember when Obama was coming up to get something? I think he was presenting him first time as the president or whatever it was, yeah. and he was like big and he bleeping deal, right? It's like this is a big and and, and Obama's like <laughs> And he shakes his hand and tries to move on because he he knows he got picked up by the mic. But Joe's been saying all kinds of stuff. And so this isn't new. It's just that I think we're becoming more sensitive. You know, we were talking about this. I don't know if, if, I don't think he's changed. This is how he's always been. But 
Well, to that point, Vox uh, had a story on it, and Vox, you know, I mean, liberal left, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you think you know they're trying to do the best spin they can on this? They're neutral, right? Um, Said uh, this is uh, (laughs) at least the second time he's used lying dog faced pony soldier. Oh, really? Also, lying dog faced pony soldier. (laughs) I didn't know he did. He did it at a North Dakota rally in 2018. Oh, uh, he said that his brother used used it from a it was from a John Wayne movie he claimed, uh, um, but it's but no one's found. it's not clear if this line actually shows up in any John Wayne movie. It doesn't matter. Um, he there, thinks it is. There are 180 John Wayne movies, you know, incidentally, to sift through. You know, we uh, are postmodern culture. Uh, so, he feels like it. Yeah, right, it right. It's how he felt. Yeah, yeah. He, some people think he might have been he might have be misremembering a 1952 Tyrone Power film that was actually called Pony Soldier. In which a character says, the pony soldier speaks with the tongue of the snake that rattles. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> Whatever right. it is. That's now, all I got. That's you know all what? I got. Joe, and Joe Biden has created an industry for people at Vox to go trace down movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, right. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If, if people haven't been following, we've, we've kind of had this interesting movement going up on in Spokane called the Church of, of Planned Parenthood. I got a little clip for you guys, and then I want to get into so, some news that's going on up there. Oh wow! That's a lot of people. That's it. Yeah. I heard about five hundred or more show up sometimes. Wow! That is <laughs> wow. That's pretty incredible. So Did what's going on is they right across the street from Planned Parenthood, and and so they're in just public. Uh, they can't block the sidewalk, which is why the well, sidewalk's that, open. That's, that's private property, though, right? Yeah, I think they're across the street. They're here. across the street. That's Salvation Army's property that they're yeah. on. Yeah. So I'm sure, sure Salvation Army has said. Sure. I, yeah, I think okay. We'll probably, it's probably it. a mix of both because I think there's some right away stuff. I think, there, I think they still, on, can't, anyways, they yeah, still yeah. can't block sidewalks yeah, and right, stuff like that. Right. But and so, these guys. it looks like a church. It's like you know that's the the middle aisle. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah. I'll baptize you right now. Yeah. That's where the, yeah. that's where the ushers walk up. Yeah. yeah. So that that church has been worshiping outside of Planned Parenthood. I think for like two or three well, years. And it's my, been going mm, on for a while. My understanding is that it's a once a month gathering of multiple churches. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not yeah. like one church. a church proper. Yeah, they're calling it that just because they're saying Christians in the area can gather once a month. I think and have yeah. a worship service. And they have a worship service right, right across from Planned Parenthood. Yeah. we yeah. Uh, we saw uh, you and I were looking at this yesterday, Chuck, about the uh, the interviewing. I think the pastor that's organizing it. Right, and and he used the phrase. He said, "So you know we." We thought we would bring worship to the gates of hell. Yep. Oh. Um, yep. And I, I mean, because that's where Christians need to go. We need I, to go towards the I, gates of hell. I love, I love that image. I mean, that's, yeah. that's and Jesus gave that to us. And, yeah. and the promise, of course, is the gates of hell will not prevail against right. us. Right. Uh, but going right up to where they're murdering babies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and crying out to God. I mean, that's like that's like Jericho. It is marching that's right. right around Jericho. <laughs> that's right. like that's like marching around Jericho. Singing praises, blowing trumpets, yeah. right. marching, and asking right. God to bring it down. So the reason why I bring this up, show you guys the clip, is because the leaders at actual Planned Parenthood, right, uh, in in Spokane, have filed an ordinance with the city council to decrease to decrease noise from frequent protests outside their facilities. Uh, <laughs> this so, is like this is like Jericho City Council. It's yeah. loud outside. This is like Nehemiah and Ezra saying, "Can yeah. you please pass an ordinance that right. says they can't march so loudly?" Our walls are gonna fall. So the ordinance, <laughs> oh, that's the ordinance, good. The ordinance would not allow would would allow a patient to file a lawsuit against protesters if they believe their health care was compromised because of the protest. Oh. oh, so when I'm walking my baby up to the altar of Molech to be killed, to be killed, if if the marching sound outside the city. 
makes me feel a little yeah, queasy. Exactly. Um, Amen. I, I want to uh-huh. have a law against that so I yep. can sue them. Look at so, that warfare, though. Note this. No, no, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I mean, that's some warfare. Right. You are yep. coming there. Yes. Singing praises to the Lord Jesus right. Christ. Right. And these people are afraid. Yeah. Worship. Of sin. And they, sin, need, you know? they need sand ballot I mean, <laughs> to go to the city council. Yeah. But, but get this. Okay. So this is one of the things we're going to be dropping a show with uh, Pastor oh, Doug yes. from G3. Worship yeah. is warfare. Uh, worship is yeah. warfare. That's worship right. is warfare. Jericho. Yeah. Um, is just, is a, a sign of how God's going to give them the land. That's right. right. And, and the same thing holds true in the Christian era. We've been given the Great Commission. Now our Canaan is the whole world. Right. Yeah. And we go there like Abraham went through the land building altars. Yep. That's right. Right. In order to claim. Worship centers. I'm not, throughout I'm Canaan. Cl- like they are yeah. claiming that land for Jesus. Right. I love this incremental play. And I love it too. This is, this is, <laughs> this is dangerous. But, yeah. but the thing that I, and I know this, you're getting there, Gabe, is that means that this is a real threat. Yeah. That's right. right. This it is really a real is. threat. Yep. It's such a threat that they have to bring an ordinance to the city council. Yeah. In, in, Get Sam Ballot there. Who are we talking to? I think it was the governor of Nebraska. We yeah. had a show with him when we were Pete on. Pete Ricketts. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Uh, we were on our East Coast tour. Yeah. And I think I asked the question because I'm going to tie this into what you were saying. I asked the question. He talked about Martin Luther King and standing up strong and bold for pro-life. Yeah. And I asked him, where were the dog bites on him? Where were the fire hoses that yeah. he's been hit with? Mm-hmm. And so I think, let's say that something like this ordinance passes. This is one we ignore. And I think this is one where we say, we're yeah. going to sing. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think. Well, this is, I mean, there's already what I was reading about it a little bit, um, uh, yesterday and this morning, but that there's already sound ordinances in this, in for the city limits yeah. of Spokane that the leaders of this have obeyed. Yeah. Mm. So they've submitted to what's already currently on the books. Yeah. And, the cops, and the cops have said that they've been, both sides have been great yeah. to work with on this protest. So all, what the, what the people are claiming who are bringing this is, is that it, um, it's not really uh, persecuting these people. Right. Yeah. But the question is, is so what's missing? Yeah. And apparently the one maybe key thing is the right to sue if they feel that their health is being compromised. Yeah. Right. Um, right. By, they have to have an individual well, to but, do that. Though. And, and here's a little secret. And you know they're going to bring someone. Here's they, a little will. more that's they what's will. missing. Five of the seven city council members have received cash donations from Planned Parenthood's PAC. Oh. Wow. Yeah, so they need to accuse themselves. Oh. Right. Right. Yeah. Right? Does it work like that? So, if you're liberal? Councilwoman Kinniar, uh, um, she's one of them. Councilwoman Burke, Council President uh, Brianne Beggs, uh, Councilwoman uh, Candace Mum, Councilwoman Can- Karen Stratton. I'm just going to point out here. Have received money from Planned Parenthood's PAC. And I- hang on, the building that was built received a $500,000 donation from Planned Parenthood's PAC. The building National. They, the, 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 building Planned they, Parenthood. the building they sell slaves in. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, no. The yeah building, they kill they slaves kill, in. They kill, kill babies. They kill the babies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And, yeah. and notice, I mean, just notice this. I mean, Isaiah says that a, a people is cursed when they're ruled by women and children. Mm. Those are all women. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Those, those five women, I mean, this is, I mean, this adds to the, the, the wickedness of this taking money from baby killers um but these are these are women who are called by god to be mothers this yeah. is romans one and, and, lost and, their and, and they're receiving all these cash donations and, and they are doing it to yep. themselves yep. and yeah. this is exactly what the the curses in deuteronomy actually specifically refer to women not only killing their own babies but eating their own babies. Eating wow that's in deuteronomy yeah uh, and, and we <laughs> think oh moses please this was a little extreme yeah 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 um you know p- really i mean is that necessary and he's like look 
This is what happens when you turn away from God. So our boys over ADF, Alliance yeah. Defending Freedom. Yes. Which we might have a something drop later on, but okay. I can't, I can't right. say that. Right. But, but our boys <laughs> over <laughs> ADF. That's right. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a secret. <laughs> it's a secret. Um, they have filed a lawsuit or, or uh, uh, on behalf of three female high school runners in Connecticut. So remember in Connecticut, yep. there yep. are yep. some, yep. some yep. lady track. Is this about transgender stuff? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Give him another one. Okay. So there's. Uh, I'll give you a this, full this one. Don't you last... mess with Texas. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is applause for you. You're doing <laughs> great. You got Nate Thank Wilson. You. You're, you're doing all kinds of good stuff. And so these track gals are, yeah. were pretty good at track. They go to state and they lose because guys are competing with them because they self-identify as women. Right. And so these three ladies, um, with Alliance for Defending Freedom, have filed a lawsuit to go to the Supreme Court to right. challenge this. Wow. This. Suit, I think, is one of the most important lawsuits that have been filed, um, you know, uh, well, in 2020, <laughs> for yeah, sure. This Hands down. Because this is going to challenge all the sexual ethics. Yeah. Uh, wow. This is at the heart of our sexual ethics right wow. now. So yes. think of it. If the Supreme Court comes and says, you are right, three girls. Right. You are right, ladies. You cannot. It's it's unfair to compete against men. Right. And to force you in that practice because they're losing scholarships right they're losing uh opportunities to go to college with full rides they're losing opportunities for medals they're getting abused all that stuff yeah exactly this is is big right and and notice just the massive inconsistency like you know if a woman going into planned parenthood feels like she might be slightly oppressed by a loud noise outside (laughs) she has the right to sue right but these same people you know are being would be like no but they but just shut up be quiet yeah let the dude in the dress run yeah Exactly. Yeah, right. right. You like, loser. Right. You know, th- I, I can't believe we're at this point right now that this even has to happen. Like, that's part of me when you're saying this. I just kind of yeah. lost it because I can't believe we're at a place in America where we have to have this. And, and look, I am totally for ADF suing. I am behind them. I hope I they win. I hope they sue the pants off of them, yeah, whatever right, right. the case. Yeah. Yeah. But when we get done at the bottom line, we need some hot, hardcore gospel because right. a lawsuit right. is not going to do enough to Th- turn this, this thing around. This means that we are... And stage seven cancer. Oh my goodness! Yeah, right. You know, That's the, right. The tumors are all over the We've body. We've lost fingers. We, yeah. we have metastasized. It's everywhere. Yeah. That's right. And you're sucking blood. Rich, rich yeah. I mean, that's the corpse that's, of our nation. Yeah. That's right. When we're at this point, yeah. And that means that only the, the, the only way out is a miracle. We need yeah. heart change. The, the yeah. way out of this is like we're we're trapped at the end of edge of a sea. Yep. And the chariots are coming down. They're already all the way over us. Yeah. We're, we're getting pummeled right now that's yeah. right that's right and and there, and there's no way out unless god opens a path you're just setting up for the next second yeah. aren't well, you? And, and, the, you do and the liberals are going to get us to the kind of kim jong-un way of dealing with the coronavirus koreans north koreans are just being shot if they have the coronavirus in north korea he what? He yeah. oh, yeah, he, he sounds like a babylonian king he's like what <laughs> right <laughs> You got the coronavirus? Uh, Boom. Yeah, you got Indy Wilson coming to our conference. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm pumped. Man, I'm pumped. don't yeah. mess with Texas. Yeah, I know. I'm pumped for Tim Mahoney, Tim Mahoney coming on next. <laughs> Tim, Tim Mahoney, Tim Mahoney. Homie. He's, he's homie. coming too. <laughs> Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. 
we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Do you believe that you need an insurance company, or do you believe that God will provide your needs? And there are people that you've never met before who are going to pray for you and meet your needs. There's another way. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. Classical Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local, like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical. Christian. Get connected. Get community. You missed it. I saw you use about the jump on it. I was distracted. I'm grateful. I was distracted. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. We are grateful to have with us on the line right this very minute, Mr. Timothy Mahoney. He came back. He, it's just a <laughs> he second did. time. He did. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's always a miracle. It's a miracle. It is. Uh, miracle. <laughs> Tim's an award-winning filmmaker, founder of Thinking Man Films and Media, which produced the successful Patterns of Evidence films, mm. including the Moses Controversy and the Exodus. He's got his own MCU. And I he, mean, not necessarily, but he's got his own universe there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, he's, come, he's coming back okay. with some more fun. Oh, yeah. Um, he is releasing next week um, the Red Sea Miracle Part 1. It's coming to movie theaters on February 18th. Okay. Over 800 theaters nationwide. Oh, nice release. And then, is it... Is it- Part one, like when he parts the red, what, what do you mean part one? Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm going to ask him about that in just a second. Okay. You just All hold right. your horses. Okay. Also, then part two will be releasing later this spring in, uh, on May 5th. Um, t- Tim, thanks so much for coming back on Cross Politic. Well, thanks. I had a cur- I had enough courage to come back. It took me a while to muster it, but I've, <laughs> I've had some good sleep, and I decided I'd come back for more more punishment. Well, well you know, you know, he sent us some gifts before this interview. Yeah, I was, like when the, his books. So it's nice to him. Yeah, it's kind of like a uh, a peace offering before coming back on the show. <laughs> I, I think he's been wandering around in the wilderness. Oh, <laughs> just just waiting. Calling no, are, wait, are we Egypt? Not, no, no. Oh. We're, Oh, we're the promised land. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you scared me with that. I that, don't know. That metaphor got away. <laughs> Who real are quick. we in the story? So we want to play a little game we Ooh. call Twenty Questions. Are you oh, ready? Man, are you, I yeah. love this game. My favorite uh, game. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. Hey. Okay, I'm going first. Okay, it's on you. Hey, hey, hey. All right, Tim. What's your favorite Indiana Jones movie and why? <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because I like the Ark. Yes. There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like Raider. He, I like the Last Crusade also. Those are my two favorites. Totally Indiana Jones is what I realized. Yeah. That's who Tim is. Okay. That's so, right. so, so Tim, after watching your film, you leave us hanging. Why? <laughs> that was mean. Because I like to see people swing. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I want more than that. He, he wants to go fist to cuss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, be, I, leave, I leave you hanging. Go ahead. I leave you hanging. I leave you hanging because. There's more to, to tell, and I can't tell it all in two hours. Yeah. It's and, too big of an epic. And, and that's why you got the second film. All right. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Did Cecil uh, DeMille's Ten Commandments get it right, or Disney Prince of Egypt? Who, who was more accurate? Well, I'm, I'm partial to Cecil. 
uh, be the mill. I think that he got a lot of it right. And, uh, but I, you know, I, I don't even think I watched the uh, Prince of Egypt for a long time. So I can't remember how, <laughs> how right they got it or not. So and I'm going with Seppo. You're, you're in the grandkids what, category wait, now, which means uh, no, real quick, piggyback <laughs> yeah. on that. Yeah. Which version of Cecil? What? There's two. Well, yes. Did in you fact, even watch the movie? <laughs> I did. That was a setup. <laughs> well, I think that uh, what's very interesting is that you'll come to see is that he's he has a bit of both. He has, uh, as they know, in our film, in this new film, we've got an Egyptian approach and we got a Hebrew approach, and and he he, he went down the middle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Uh, okay. No, we need it so bad. We got hand it so bad. What you mean, Egyptian approach and Hebrew approach? What you talking about? Well, an Egyptian approach basically has looked at the narrative of those scriptures, and they're saying that the crossing happened at some border lakes, shallow, reedy lakes, because they think the Bible grabbed words from Egyptian and used them in the text, and that's their connection. But the Hebrew mm. approach says, you know, that's not the case. What's happened here is that this was Hebrew. It was written in Hebrew. It has Hebrew meanings. And this sea crossing is nowhere near Egypt. It's on the other side of the Sinai Peninsula at the Gulf of Aqaba. You know, you know, if I was from Egypt, I wouldn't want to be arguing for the Egyptian approach. Uh, because well. because they crossed in the shallow water and then all of them drowned in the shallow water? That's not very That's I wouldn't be one to argue for that position. Mm. <laughs> Dave, it was a miracle. It was. It was a miracle. <laughs> they all drowned in the shallow water. That was the miracle. <laughs> I think it's on you, Pastor Toby. <laughs> okay. Um. So, speaking of that, since we're on this, um. So the so the the whole Yam Suf thing translated as Sea of Reeds. That's that goes with the Egyptian view. Um. Is there an inherent anti supernaturalist bias in that view? Well, I think there are a number of people that might have that. In fact, that they don't want to deal with miracles. And so the, the question about the last 18, you know, from the 1800s on, has there been a naturalistic, uh, you know, overlaying our thoughts on the Bible so, so that these events might have happened as a history, but not as a supernatural miracle, that there had to be some naturalistic way to explain the parting of the sea. And that's what I'm sort of uncovering is, has that influenced our understanding of Scripture? Because in every case, as I did these interviews, there was always a, an attempt by many scholars to minimize and to remove a supernatural source of it. Yeah, I saw that. There was a question. You can hit the music. I'm just going to talk over it. The, uh, at the end, at the very end, there's a lady asking him, wait, wait, what do you mean by supernatural? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and, and I, I was like, hey, then you're just going to you're just gonna leave us there. You're just going to leave us there like that. I get the well, we're coming, Yeah, we're coming back to it. Obviously, as you can see, uh, it's interesting how over time people who who read the biblical narrative start to question whether or not there was as many people. That's one of the big questions we have in the mm-hmm. film because it says there were six hundred thousand, uh, you know, Israelites, and that goes back to another Hebrew word, Eleph. Right. You know, does that Eleph mean a thousand, or does it mean clan, or does it mean group? Right. And uh, and so. But it also show, we also know that every time the word is used, it's adding up. It's adding up to mean that there was thousands of people there. I mean, it was like you know six hundred thousand men. So this is a big question uh, it, that the film is raising. Uh, in First Corinthians ten, uh, Paul says, "All were baptized in the cloud and in the sea." Did that mean babies? 
<laughs> Did it mean what? Babies? Babies. Yep. Careful. Pass. Yum soup. Okay. Oh, okay. One, two, three, four. I got another question. You got to follow up. You got to follow up. We got to follow up. Uh-oh. Were there any babies baptized in the making of this film? <laughs> no, but the, some some did take a shower. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> hit him! Hit him! That's hit, great. Him hit him! Okay. Uh, does Eric Metaxas play Moses in part two? No, he 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 wanted the part, but we did not give it to him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> you say Eric? No. no. Yeah. No, Eric. I feel no. good. He's got that New York thing going. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't work good. So if we promise not to tell anyone, we say it real quietly. Which part of the Gulf of Aqaba do you think they crossed, and why? Yam Suf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cheating. Uh, oh man! So did well, you find, did uh, you... Obvi- obviously, ahead. we're going to look. We're going to look at four different locations on the Gulf of Aqaba, and uh, Straits of Turan uh, is one. Nueva Beach is another. The tip near Elat is the third, and there's another one that people are suggesting that you haven't heard of before, hmm. and uh, and so that's going to be uh, on the Gulf of Aqaba, and then we're going to go back and look at the. The, the lakes region, and we're going to look at how would water part? How would water part? Did it happen scientifically with the wind set-down theory, which we show models that have been created? and Or did it happen supernaturally? And we're going to look at Nueva Beach because this is the <laughs> highly, highly controversial and speculated location where people are searching for chariot wheels. <laughs> and what have they yeah. found? And can chariot wheels, you know, still exist? And I've got marine biologists coming in, and we're going to comment on that. And we're going to look at the whole 900-pound gorilla in the room and, and ask this question, you know, is, is any of this uh, evidence? Man, he's just he's just totally leaving us hanging. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. He, he knows what he's doing. He's, he, he's it doing up. part one. Ow! So what are the two biggest questions ultimately you, you sought to answer as you started making this film? Can I get it finished? That was the first yeah. one. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I had to identify you know with that one. Yeah. You know uh huh. No, I think the big. I think the. Uh, um, I, I want to know what the truth is in this situation. When I started searching for, uh, what we know is that uh, the narrative of the Bible has a number of elements that are will sometimes lead you to a place where you realize that the only way it could have happened is that it would have been a supernatural miracle. Mm. And I'll just be honest with you, when I went to, to Nueva Beach in 2002 and stood there, and I said, well, if if this is a location, it would have been bigger than anyone could have imagined it, mm. uh, even in Cecil B. DeMille's portrayal of it. Wow. So w- I think the big question is, is that is it possible that these uh, this historical uh, recording of this event is much greater than what we might have seen in uh, picture books as a child. Wow. And it might be, might be much more spectacular and greater. And it's also told to us that we're not to forget this. Do not forget what God did by bringing you up out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And there are Hebrew words. There's a Hebrew word that I, uh, in one interview, I found out that this whole question of the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire— you see, 
these Israelites lived in a land where they had uh, idolatry and there were gods there. They could see them. But all of a sudden, this pillar of cloud comes. And I think the Hebrew word is it used that it hovered over them and it cared for them, mm. guiding them to this mountain, lift, taking them on like eagle's wings to the mountain. Day and night, they were able to travel. Right. That's the same word is when the Spirit of God hovers over the waters in Ooh. creation. Oh, Whoa, Genesis. Oh, 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 man. Okay, That's I, good. You better give him some music for that. Give him some music. Ow! All right, Tim. So our name is CrossPolitik, and we like to talk about politics on the show. What are the modern-day implications, political implica- implications of uh, the Red Sea crossing? Well, if you cross a body of water, it puts you on the other side of the sea, right? Yeah. So if you cross the body of water at the Reedy Lakes, you where do you end up? You end up in the Sinai Peninsula. Right. If you cross the body of water on the Gulf of Aqaba, where do you end up? Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. And this is where the ancient land of Midian is. And, uh, uh, and pretty much there's no con- contest that this is northwest Saudi Arabia and north and southern Jordan are is where the people of the uh, Midianites live. Yeah. And the and Bible says Moses fled to the land of Midian, and he was there for 40 years. The question is, is was Moses in the land of Midian when the mountain, when he you know came to mountain? Did he wander over the top of the Gulf of Aqaba, bring his sheep down into the Sinai Peninsula? Well, that's, you know, two, three hundred mile trip, depending on where he is. And the problem with that is, is if you look at it, is that you know this problem with water and shepherds and wells. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't, you just didn't take your sheep any old place. You had to go to places where you weren't in conflict with other herds. Right. There's a lot of people that believe, and this has been a very resisted idea, that Sinai is in Arabia. Right. And so this is where we're heading uh, later on after we do Red Sea Miracle Part One and Part Two. It's journey to Mount Sinai. So. I've been filming the different locations, Harkarkum, the traditional Mount Sinai, Jebelson Bashar, uh, and Jebel Laws, other locations. We're heading the narrative. We're following biblically investigating the journey all the way. We're going to work our way through the Bible if we can. And so that's where we're heading. So the political ramification there was, well, what happens if this holy mountain that the nation of Israel comes to is in Saudi Arabia? Ooh. You just gonna leave Red. the thing in the Come on! It's like you'll have to wait for part it's two. Like, like the first movie. Okay, I got this. So speaking of speaking of sheep, how many Jacob <laughs> sheep do you personally own? Ooh, I'm interested. <laughs> None. I don't own any of Jacob. Oh, well, you, know, you were doing so good. Leaving this hanging Come, once again. You couldn't, like, pack one in your bag on the way home? Man, those those horns on those Jacob sheep are gnarly. Yeah, yeah, they are. I wanted to buy one. I was like, I want a Jacob sheep. What are you going to do with a Jacob sheep? I want to. What you going to do with a Jacob sheep? I'm going to. I'm going to. Yeah, okay. Eat it. All right. One more. One, just, just, just. One, two, three, four. Okay. All right. <laughs> Out of the 20 years of research that you've been doing, Twenty years. That's first of all. I don't. I want a budget like that. Twenty Can I just, years. I almost yeah. need to ask you how I get a budget like that. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the twenty years of research you've been doing this, what's the most amazing thing that you've uncovered or discovered, uh, especially about the Red Sea? Oh, that's in part two. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I want. Doc. I wanted to make. I actually wanted to make a part three, but they wouldn't let me. So, <laughs> the budget has limits. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, on the Red Sea miracle, what's the most amazing thing? 
Well, that I think I've actually uh, that could be one that I stumped. I think the biggest thing for me is that I have a, had a problem with the numbers of Israelites because I've been in the desert, mm. uh, and I think I was I've been confronted by the way <laughs> that that if I'm going to believe the scripture and if I'm going to look at the numbers, I have to be uh, open to the fact that this many people were provided for mm. uh, in the wilderness, and I think that to me then that's changed wow. my understanding of how big this really is. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I have to trust God. I mean, then I kind of look at it and go, well, can I trust him for me and for my family? Yeah, and right. if God, if, if God can do these types of things, um, we've got it, you know, then you think, well, here we are floating around, you know, on this planet, we're circling yeah. and, and we realize that this is the creator of the universe. Right. Is it that hard? Is it really that hard that's that right. he could sustain these people in the wilderness? Yeah. But Amen. The, the challenge is, is that our faith can start to become naturalistic. We are we are oozing in naturalism yeah. all around us, mm-hmm. and we don't have the faith. And what is the biggest problem that God has, or Jesus would say, because of lack of faith, you know, these things can't happen. Right. And so, so my cha- what has challenged me in this investigation is my own small-mindedness. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm going to read this and say, then I have to trust that this was what happened and we'll deal with the numbers as we move forward and that's that's the risk of these these films so they're risk-taking films Um, but at the end of the day if I put the chips on the table and we start seeing a pattern and we start seeing this then the risk isn't just on me it's on the unbeliever yeah yeah because what we're because what we're saying is that in fact what's starting to happen is that people who are uncomfortable People who have confidence in their unbelief now are becoming less confident yeah. in their unbelief. Wow. That, that's the answer to your politics question, that's Gabe, right, right there. That's exactly yeah. right. I mean, this is an attack on unbelievers. Yeah, and the, right. and the numbers. I mean, God, yeah. if God provides, God provides. Okay. Uh, can I go next? I don't know whose turn it is. I forgot. Is it mine? Okay. Yes, okay. So have you had your Royal Geological Society gold medal taken from you yet? Oh. Yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that fantastic? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what's very interesting is that when we uncover these different people, you know, uh, I'll tell you one other thing that I'm noticing is that, um, you know, people say, well, how did you find all this stuff and everything? And I have to just say, I just feel as if I've been directed. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there'll be days when I'll, I'll sacrifice the Saturday and I'll be reading through, we'll be searching, we're doing research, you know, it's an ongoing thing and you'll find something and you go, well, they're on, you know, I read like 500 pages and then I go, look at that. Or uh, you'll hear something. And so we're constantly like uh, gathering and filming and transcribing and then creating databases where people are coming in. And what ends up happening is that you have lots of shards of information and you then start to see a pattern that starts to, to come forward. And then that's my opportunity really is to, to, is to package it so you can see it. And and th- and that's how these patterns are coming together. That's how these films are coming together. Mm. This, this guy, I think it's, it's, I'm giving it's a little bit of a spoiler, but this one guy in the history of the Royal Geological Society, yeah, you were saying, yeah, lost the his the only guy ever to lose a gold medal, like lose it, got it taken away. 
Oh, oh okay. I was going to say, wait, he misplaced it? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. No, no, like, like you know. They said you can't have this no more. They canceled. This is like before oh, cancel culture. Canceled. Whoa. This is like cancel culture Whoa. in, in archaeology and like yeah. in Indiana Jones land. What did he do yeah. again? He, he, I can't tell you. You got to watch the movie. Oh. It's coming out on February yeah, yeah. 18th. Well, see, that was my last question. Tim, when is the movie coming out? <laughs> and how can we when watch it? No, 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 no. When are the movies with a Z coming out? With a Z. Yeah, uh, February 18th. Uh, it's going to be a one-night Fathom event. Uh, you can get tickets now at Patterns of Evidence, PatternsofEvidence.com. You should bring your group, bring your family, bring that uncle who's uh, you know doesn't really know for sure if any of this happened, yeah. because you're going to have a lot to talk about. That's why we call our company Thinking Man Films. It gives you something to think about. Nice. And uh, so we think great. Thanks for having me on your show, guys. Hey oh, Tim, thank you for joining man. us, man. Appreciate oh, was, it. Yeah. Hey, great work on the film too. And can we talk afterwards? Like, how do we get that budget? Because I need I need a twenty year budget. <laughs> we talked about this the first time on the show. Tim. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you? We're from Minnesota. We can. We're friends. We can figure this out, don't you know? <laughs> All right. More cross politic when we come back. <laughs> no, Tim, I'm serious. <laughs> I've never heard a black man say, don't you know, like that. Oh, yeah, sure. You <laughs> yeah. At Logos Online School, we believe learning should be accessible. Homeschooling shouldn't stop you from staying connected. Enjoy classmates from across the United States and the whole world, coming at you four days a week and 32 weeks a year. We believe learning should be engaging. A group of like-minded students who love God and their classmates. Learning should also be customized. With more than 50 different classes offered throughout the day, take one class or join us full-time. We believe learning should be inspired. Our knowledgeable instructors enthusiastically engage the students. The goal? Hearts that love learning. Lastly, learning should be affordable. Committed to making Christian education reasonable for all families. From $620 per class for an entire year, $2,232 per year for full-time students. The best option on the market. Join us at Logos Online School. You notice how close your camera is, Toby? We've done some different changes in the studio. What yeah, are you talking about? I also yeah. noticed that Chocolate Knox made me scoot away from him. Well, when I got into the studio this morning, he said, can you scoot over? This is for your composition's help. Does it look better? I don't know. <laughs> we'll let the audience be the judge of that. Yeah. I'll ask my wife. <laughs> there you go. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politics on the Fight Left Feast Network. <laughs> is that I help you out with that? You lying dog-faced <laughs> pony. You lying dog-faced pony shoulder. He's got that too. Mm-hmm. Create! No, He's got create! it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you guys, on fire. we are excited to bring to you right now, how much are we going to bring? Uh, let's just give him 10 minutes. Okay. Hey, we, we got to sit down. We Maybe asked 11. David French. Um, on our East Coast tour. On our East Coast tour. We sat yeah. down with him in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. Uh, in a barbecue <laughs> joint. <laughs> yeah. Two and a half hours. And we asked him, I think, for about an hour is what, what we asked yeah, him for, that's right? right? Yeah, we and, did. And yeah. two and a half hours later, we were like, uh, excuse us, Mr. French, we, we got to... We gotta go now. To the next <laughs> we, thing. We had uh, to go. He I mean, was like, "Come on, guys, drinks on me this time." Yeah. <laughs> and man, we are so grateful for the time we had with yeah. them. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think we literally fought, laughed, and feasted with him. We did. Right? Yeah. I mean, a little yeah. bit of everything. Yeah, One of the, yeah he we, said we, actually we, we got done. He's like, "This is this this is a real conversation." Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and I enjoyed. We that. pushed him on some things. I, yeah. I, I think he so, pushed us. On he some pushed things? us. Yeah. Yeah. Lion dog face pony shoulder. <laughs> he was, but he's. I mean, incredibly intelligent man. Yeah, he was. 
ton of really cool experiences. Told us about his his life and how he got to where he is yeah. now. Military career. Um, he's serving as a we, lawyer. We talked about a ton yeah. of stuff with him. And so we're going to drop you into part of our conversation with him where we were talking to him about abortion. Switching, switching topics. Mm-hmm. Um, we just came from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, they went through the whole heartbeat bill uh-huh. um, scenario. And, of course, a lot of heartbeat bills have passed in the last year or two years. Um, where do you stand on the heartbeat bill in relationship to actually ending abortion? Okay. Where I think the heartbeat bill is not super relevant to ending abortion I think it is more relevant to ending Roe. And those are not the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So let me, here's basically, so the U.S. abortion rate has been declining precipitously. Okay. It has been declining precipitously for a long time. Right. So it peaked in like the first year or so, the Reagan administration, like around 1981, mm-hmm. after, after Roe was decided, right. the rate went boom. And that's like... Per capita is what you're talking like per per, per like like per thousands or millions yeah, or whatever. Per, yeah, yeah. 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 So it went boom, just way up. Because before Roe, abortion was illegal. Yeah, right, right. So, so it, it is it, all of a sudden yeah. it becomes legal. Initially it was like legal and a lot of people out with no restrictions and right. so the rate just goes boom, way up. And then it just crests and then it starts to fall. Yeah. It falls during the Reagan administration, the first Bush administration, the Clinton administration, the second Bush administration, the Obama administration, the first year of the Trump administration. So pro-life, pro-choice, it didn't matter on the president. The abortion rate's just diving. Yeah. So right now it is below what it was when Roe was decided. Yeah. Which most Christians don't have any clue of that. The like, rate. The rate. So, but obviously we've been... The average number's been... It's fluctuated a little bit, but... No, and the absolute getting, numbers were yeah. smaller. And even though the population's a lot higher. Right, right. So the rate has gone so much lower that we have fewer abortions yes. in the U.S. in absolute numbers than we did, say, 25, 30 years ago, when 25, 30 years ago we had millions fewer people in the U.S. Right. That's how much the That's rate... Right. Is. Okay. Yep. But it's still way too many. Right, sure. It's still it way is. too many. So why... One would be way too many. <laughs> right, right. So it's still way too many. But if you're going to look at a cultural transformation in the U.S., um, it's been amazing. Okay, so... And it's happened across pro-choice, pro-life... So on the one hand, we get too focused on the politics of abortion. And we think the only way to fight abortion is politically. And so what I I want to just put a pin in that because it's worth asking ourselves, why did abortion rates fall in the Obama administration? Why did abortion rate fall in the Clinton administration? You know, so we've got to ask these questions. So that's one thing. Now, at the same time, it remains vitally important to fight the political battle and the legal battle. Right. I guess I think the best estimate is if you overturned Roe and you locked in all these state laws that prohibit abortion or limit it more, you would decrease the abortion rate and the decrease abortions in the U.S. by about 13 percent, Okay, which is a lot, but it's not still not enough. Everyone, you yeah. know, if you talk to the average person, if you overturn Roe, do you end abortion? They'd probably go, yeah, no, oh, right. because it would return it to states. States, yeah, states would have to take it over. So. So what are heartbeat bills important for? Heartbeat bills are important in my view. This is very controversial in the pro-life movement. Okay. My view, heartbeat bills are very important because they are utterly irreconcilable with Roe. 
whereas a lot of the other bills that go to the Supreme Court, like waiting periods, admitting privileges, yeah. mm-hmm. they're all compatible with Roe. Yep, right. So you can That's win. Right. They're, so they're trying to feather something in to the Roe decision while leaving that intact. Yeah, Roe and Casey. So yeah, you yep. can win every one of those restriction cases. You might kind of lower, chip away at the abortion yeah, rate. Yeah, chipping it away. But yeah. you won't overturn Roe. Right. Because the Supreme Court is, in all likelihood, especially the current composition, is not going to say, you know, you're not asking me to overturn Roe. And I don't even have to overturn Roe so to I'm uphold this to, law. Yeah, right. yeah, so what does a heartbeat bill do? Heartbeat bill says there is no way you can rule for this law and keep Casey and Roe in place. Right. Right. No way. Right. And so it just sort of goes, here you go, Supreme Court. Right. And yeah. Up or down. In my view, it's worth knowing the answer to that question. Now... The Supreme Court could answer the question by just rejecting review of these cases. It doesn't have to take the case, right, right. but they could reject review. You know, all the circuit courts will strike down these laws because right. they're completely contrary to Supreme Court precedent. Yep. All these states will appeal them, and if the Supreme Court doesn't hear any of those appeals, that's an answer. Right. If it hears one of them, it will give an even more definitive answer. And and I think it's worth knowing because so much of our politics has been oriented around. The Roe, who is going to do, who is going to do to either shore up Roe or undermine Roe. Right. And part of me feels like after having been Lucy with the football, mm-hmm. you know, for, <laughs> yes. I mean, I remember I was uh, in law school at Harvard in when the Casey decision was handed out. Was that 92? Oh, 92, I believe. 92, yeah. yeah. And so this was a majority Republican appointed Supreme Court. Yep. Again. Again. Upheld <laughs> Roe. Yeah. I mean, they, they modified it with this Casey undue burden standard. Yeah. And I was just like, are you kidding? Right. Are you kidding? And then, so you fast forward, you know, 28 years, and all these people are saying, oh, man, Roe's in danger. And I'm... Yeah, right. Who knows? You know, I, I had somebody say to me, and I think it's a great line, Justice Roberts would be a solid seventh vote to overturn Roe. But he's not going to be a fifth vote. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. A and solid seven. That is yeah. for real. That, that, that's true. That's true. And so you, you, like that too. you feel like you're Lucy with the football, yeah. and then you start to think, this, our politics is fracturing right. over this question. I don't even know right. if we can get what we want. Right. Yeah. What's what what your take on, there's more, I mean, so today, as we speak in Richmond, you've got this big... Uh, Second Amendment mm-hmm. rights, um, uh, you know, protests. Ten, ten, not protests. I've seen tens of thousands yeah. of people rally. Going, you know, rally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, second because you got the Governor Northam and the you know uh, blackface and, Northam and, 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 <laughs> and the you know Democratic majority in the Assembly, and they're at least brandishing Second Amendment uh, limitations or something. And you've got all these um, counties passing things saying we won't, we're not going to enforce anything that the Virginia um, state. Uh, pass another, that's just state level. But what do, you, what do you think about nullification movements on the state level well, with regard to abortion? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I think the general rule is, uh, so what the heartbeat bills are kind of, they're kind of trying that. Right. It, it, so far, but, no governor has um, been willing to enforce it. As a but, practical, but I, but you're as right. a practical matter, as a practical matter, you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and here's why. So... In a lot of these states where they've passed heartbeat bills and things like that, yeah. they have like one clinic, one functioning clinic. Right. 
uh, or two. Yeah. Um, so the, the, it's, a, it's a heavily that, pro-life state. Yeah, part of this is supply and demand. If you look at the abortion rate in, say, New York, and the abortion rate in some of these southern states, yeah. Yeah. it is so much lower. Right. And, the, and the pro-choice side likes to say, well, that's because there's only one clinic. And like, Sometimes there's not any, you know, there's demand not demand. enough demand yeah. right. to support. Right. And, so, yeah. and so, so let's say you have that one clinic, yeah. and the governor says, shut it, it down. It shut it out. Yeah. Federal court enters an order and says, nope, can't do that. Right. And the state says, nope, keeping it shut down. Yeah. Federal judge then says, U.S. Marshal, marshals, yeah. enforce my order. Yeah. Is a judge, is a governor going to say state police right. stop the marshals? Right. Okay, if that happens, you're talking about civil conflict. Right, yeah. What, what do you think, though, about the, the, the sort of the rhetoric of going at least that far and then like making them send the federal marshal in to keep it open? And then at that point, the, the, the state sort of stands down. But to, to make the point, like we've done, you know, short of armed conflict, we did we stood our ground until they sent the feds in, and and the the value of just saying we're being forced to do this by the feds. I would say, look, I I would say a pro-life governor could say there is not one thing I will do to support or facilitate legal abortion in this state. And I will do everything lawfully that I can do to oppose it. Yeah. And if that means I'm going to continue to enforce state law until directly ordered by a federal court not to, I say do that. Now, the thing is, I do say this. If you're going to send the state police to shut down a clinic, if you're going to say I'm going to do that until the armed federal marshals arrive, yep. you're asking for you're you're essentially asking for you're creating an extremely volatile situation sure, sure. and i would say that that is something that i would not like if i was in a state house i would not do that i would so what about um the decision in 1973 in the first place mm -hmm. should the states never follow i mean because the supreme court doesn't legislate part, yeah, part of the part of the problem is that we let it go this long i mean what, what about a, a state yeah, deciding Same. right afterwards. That's, that doesn't apply to well, us. That's a Supreme Court decision. That's not I legislation. Think, uh, they couldn't have done it. I mean, once the... You didn't one, have the people. I mean, number one, you didn't have the people. Have the number two, once you have the Supreme Court decision, then you have... So Supreme Court decision... Look at it this way. A Supreme well, I think Court, we would have this for Arizona, it was illegal. Idaho, it was illegal. They just buckled but there's and, a big and adopted there's the Supreme There's a very Court. big but, difference between saying, I have the... I have the popular support to pass a bill, and I have the popular support to defy the Supreme Court. Yeah. Okay, so those and are I two different things. The fact that we all flopped, though, tells you that we yeah, didn't have the will to defy. Right. And the, and the other thing is, what people have to realize, and this is something, you know, this is going to be my libertarian streak coming out. Yes. <laughs> Every rule, ultimately in theory, Judicial decision, regulation, statute, ultimately in theory, has a bayonet at the end of it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Every yeah. one of them Absolutely does. Absolutely does. And so, that's Romans 13, though. Yeah. That's not libertarian. Yeah, no, but that's <laughs> why uh, libertarians use this yeah. to say, yeah. look, you know, regulation is, is significant. Right. Yeah. Okay, at so, the end of the day, they, 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 they have a gun. I'll give you a great example of something that is one of the more tragic events and, and very divisive and scandalous for a million good reasons. When 
you know, an African-American man is choked to death in the streets of New York when what was his crime? Selling, selling cigarettes. loose cigarettes. Oh, yes. We're about. with you on that. Yeah, we, That's, we, we, the cops were the thugs. Selling <laughs> loose cigarettes. Yep. And so you think, okay, well, couldn't you just write him a ticket? <laughs> You know, I mean, but it escalated. It escalated. But, you know, but it, that's it, the thing: is every rule of the state come, yeah. has a bayonet at the end of it. it absolutely and, does. And so, okay, David, help me out with something though. There has to be. Was it the was it the Hebrew midwives or was it the Egyptian midwives? Egyptian. Hebrew. Hebrew midwives. Hebrew midwives. Yeah. Back when Pharaoh told him to kill the. the, mm-hmm. the well, there has to be that option for us somewhere. What's that option for us? Well, I mean, look, I mean, you know. If a doctor is being told by the state to kill an unborn baby, yeah. the doctor says no. And if the state forces them at the point of the bayonet, the doctor says, send me to prison. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, to me, that's that's an easy question. Yeah. So the, the difficulty you have in the abortion context is you have a doctor who's willing to kill the child. Right. Uh-huh. You have a mother right. who who's is willing, who's <laughs> willing to have the child terminated in yeah. her womb. Yep. And then the question is, when does somebody jump into that process? And a lot of these state governments are are doing what they can to do it. Um, But ultimately, the bayonet is in the hands of the people who say that process must complete. And also, I would say this. I would say that if you're going to talk about, are we going to be pro-life to the point of initiating civil strife? How many of these governors would remain governor bayonets at the end of a bayonet yeah but that's kind of like laws and sanctions it's kind of how it works though no yeah it was the, the whole point i mean it's exactly right every law yeah yeah the civil magistrate makes has an implicit threat that's right and the threat is one of violence yeah and that's why i was i was right away said yeah that's what romans 13 says yeah. i mean god designed it that way um Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right. right? <laughs> yeah, but, but there's, yeah. There's promises. And but, there's but you were trying to say something. Person. You were trying to say something, and I, I made you stop and wait for us to turn the, the cameras back <laughs> I on. I know. I know. Well, I think, I think he kind of hits the nail on the head with where some of the tension's at between kind of smash, smash mouth incrementalists like us and our abolitionist brothers. Okay. Where he says that um, the doctor and the woman have the bayonet, meaning that the law is behind them. Well, and ultimately, huh. the state has the bayonet. Those ways talking right, about exactly, yeah, yeah. but yeah. but the bayonet's on their side, right? Is, is what so it, anything that you do to oppose their right, right. interaction, it's, it's pointed at it's us, pointed at us, that, saying, right. which is why you got police officers, you know, with and snipers guarding the Planned Parenthood in Spokane, right, 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 Washington, right. or the library. There's no neutrality. Or the library. Yeah, it was the, yeah, yeah, it was the, the library. library. They're they're yeah. they're doing everything. There's it's snipers all, yeah. all over. All the bayonets are against us. Yeah. And so what the abolitionist brothers are doing, they're trying to fight over the bayonet. Right, they're trying to say yeah. no. And no, right we want to so, outlaw abortion. The states, and, and the states are saying no. We want to keep abortion well, legal. Well, wait, wait, I just want to say we want to do that too. But yeah, what they're doing is they're preaching and saying you're pointing the bayonet the wrong way. Right. Yep, right. You're pointing right. it at yeah, the yeah. wrong people. Yeah. Thus says the Lord. Yeah. You and, must defend innocent life. Absolutely. Not take it. Yeah, yep. that's right. And God's law right. is good. We're, so I'm right. totally with them on trying to grab the bayonet. I just think the the worshiping at Planned Parenthood is more effective. It's a bigger bayonet. Exactly. I think that's exactly a sharper bayonet. I want to say you could do both. And I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to say one or the other. Because I think one thing that gets lost in the conversation. I mean, there's so much about this. One thing that gets lost in the conversation. When we talk about our abolitionist brothers is they have a lot of people who have been inside the pro-life movement. We just saw this last. Well, this past Wednesday with Ricardo Davis. It is messy. Oh, yeah. They are taking bribes. 
They are not being faithful. If you missed that interview with you, Ricardo Davis, he's the president of Georgia Right to Life, yep. and walked us through the whole Georgia heartbeat bill. That was bill. messed up. He and, was the one that started the heartbeat bill, yeah. and then they co-opted it. With, with the no, with no exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for rape or incest or anything. And then by the time it actually gets in there, it's full of compromises. Yeah. And, um, and he's pointing out that something's going on there. And, and there was nobody raised their hand. Nobody wanted to fess no, up. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and so there's, and so the, a lot of these abolitionists are in the I, trenches and they see the compromise. They see the sellout yeah. in the politics of it. That's yeah. what their game is to fight. And, at, and I, and I right? have a ton of respect for yeah, yeah. the experience of those people. Yeah. And I'm just right. saying that there's a two part approach. And what t- sometimes what happens is there's a, a lack of respect for what the other group is doing that's not necessarily engaged in what who, who you're doing running the other place so you got guys who are in the politics who are doing what they're supposed to do yeah. and you guys are fighting yeah. over there right. but you guys are only at the church singing and praying right and it's like and wait 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 <laughs> what, only only <laughs> singing and praying yeah exactly you no, know? No, 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 right. i mean do you I mean, understand how this works i mean what was abraham doing in the land when all the canaanites and philistines were killing all their babies come on now yeah preach preacher Plant and, and, worship preach, centers. and the and the and the real and the you know if i can say it this way you know the the angry abolitionist comes along and says <laughs> Abraham why are you spending so much time building altars yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> why don't you get the bayonet and Abraham says you don't understand this is the biggest bayonet there is yeah, yeah that's right and with this bayonet we will take the land yeah we will get the land and and so and again it's not either or yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always reminded of this of two two with uh, just another example of this you got Elijah yeah and Obadiah yeah. Right. Obadiah is yeah. in the court of Ahab yeah. hiding yeah. Um, the prophets, prophets the from faithful prophets, the faithful yeah. prophets of God from Jezebel, who's out murdering them all. Yeah. And and there's a little bit of tension there between yeah. them. How, how does Obadiah stay in the courts? But but they are both serving right. God. That's and, right. And you need to know where you are and who you are in the story. You know, one right. of the most hurtful things that I've had to come to realization about is that sometimes I'm probably more like David than I am Solomon. And what I need to do is set a foundation for Solomon. Mm. I need to gather all the things, yeah. make sure that he has everything he needs to fight, lay lay the foundation so that when he gets here, he can build the, right. he can build right. God's God's uh, right. tabernacle. Right. And sometimes we try to do things that we're not right. we're not that person in the story. Right. Right. And so don't get figure out where the story is, what has God given you access to, and you need to do that faithfully. Yeah. And and, and right. not try and be Solomon. And and right. the thing is, is when you're when you're walking in the blessing of God, yeah, you are at complete peace with what God's called you to do. Yeah, you better say that. And yeah. what you're doing in that moment doesn't matter really what anyone else is doing. That's right. But it's when you start looking to the side, yeah. like you're not no longer are you under the blessing of God. Now I get it. If somebody's coming in and trying to like sabotage you, yeah, yeah, that's with, what I was thinking. Then you got to do. You got to deal with that. You got to deal with that. But but. That's not what we're talking about. No, when no. we say run all the plays, we mean everybody submit to God, yep. run the play in the in the service, cheerfully, joyfully, in the fruit of the right. spirit. And if you're in the at a state house, if you're um, doing the protest, if you're um, holding up the signs, if you're doing evangelism, yep. if you're running a care center for single moms, or if you're you know uh, singing psalms, yeah. you're uh, talking about the body of Christ. This is the body of Amen. Christ, and we don't despise right. one another. Yeah, we right. love one another, and we're doing. Yeah. The only thing that that Church of Planned Parenthood needs is some psalms. And I was, you know, I was going to say that, I and I was thinking about the same thing. Our abolitionist brothers would probably hit us with. Yeah. We got to learn how to do the gentle, the gentle brotherly nudge. Like y'all doing great, man. Hey, yeah, hey, here goes the psalms. You know, here goes 
yourself. Hey, you know, hey, throw one of these in there. Learn some parts here. You know what I'm saying? And man, they're going to come after you with a bigger bazooka next time if you be singing the song. That's right. So yeah, we just need to learn. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. Oh, and Wednesday, Doug Wilson, are we going to do Worship is warfare. Worship is warfare. We're dropping the show. The whole thing. Wednesday. That was at G3. Coming at you.